Chapter 9 of the Story of the Thirteen Colonies. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Story of the Thirteen Colonies by H. A. Gerber. Columbus and the Queen. Genoa, having refused to help him, Columbus, some time later, explained his wishes to John the Second, the new king of Portugal, for Henry the Navigator was dead. This ruler also took great interest in such matters, but as he was not very wise himself, he called together a council of his most learned men to listen to all that Columbus had to say. These men declared the plan absurd, but the king did not feel quite sure that they were right. John did not wish any other country to have the glory of finding the new road to India. Still, he did not want to trust a ship to Columbus. Advised by one of his bishops, he secretly sent out a light ship, with orders to sail directly westward. The captain and crew did not believe one could sail across the Atlantic, and were sorely afraid of the monsters which they fancied swarmed in the Sea of Darkness. They therefore took advantage of the very first storm to come back, reporting that it was impossible to go any farther. When Columbus heard that the king had been so dishonest as to try to steal his ideas, he was justly indignant. He left Lisbon in anger, vowing he would have nothing more to do with such a ruler. Still, as he was fully determined not to give up his cherished plan to try himself, he sent his brother Bartholomew to England to ask if Henry the Seventh would give him a ship. In the meanwhile, Columbus stayed in Spain, earning a scanty living for himself and his little son Diego, for by this time his wife had died, leaving him alone with his child. But although so poor that he often had to beg for food, Columbus thought night and day of the time when he would sail westward to Asia. As he went from place to place, he tried to interest various people in his plans, and for a while believed that some Spanish nobleman would help him. But they finally told him they could not undertake such an important expedition, and advised him to apply for aid to the king and queen of Cordoba. Hoping still, Columbus journeyed thither, and found that the royal couple were too busy trying to drive the Moors out of Spain to pay much attention to him. Time went on thus, and while Columbus was anxiously waiting, Portuguese seamen crept down the coast of Africa until they reached its southern point. There a tempest raged so fiercely that the captain called it the Cape of Storms, and, not daring to venture around it, sailed home. When he told John the Second of his discovery, the king declared that the Cape should henceforth be called the Cape of Good Hope, for there were new good prospects of reaching India by coasting all around Africa. In 1487, the very year that the Portuguese thus finished exploring the western coast of Africa, Columbus was called before the learned men of the Spanish court at Salamanca to explain what it was he wanted to do. But after talking about his plan for three years, these men also declared it was impossible, because one of the fathers of the church had said that the earth could not be round. Columbus was in despair, for he had spent years in trying to convince them, and in following the court from one city to another. Greatly discouraged, yet determined not to give up, Columbus decided to leave Spain and go to France to seek the help of the French king. He therefore set out on foot for the nearest seaport, but on the way thither stopped at the monastery of La Rabida to ask for a drink of water and a bit of bread for his hungry boy. While the child was eagerly eating the food given him, the prior, or chief of the monastery, passed by. 
Struck by the noble appearance of Columbus, he began to question him. Columbus then told Prior Perez how much he longed to carry out the plan upon which he had set in his heart. The Prior, who was a learned man, listened with great interest to the tale Columbus told. He also invited the travelers to tarry with him a few days, and sending for his friends bade them hear what the stranger had to say. Among the listeners were the brothers of Pinzon, experienced seamen from the neighboring port of Palos. The prior of the Pinzons were so impressed by all Columbus said that the latter offered to furnish a ship and go with him, provided he could secure enough help to carry out his plan. As for the prior, he offered to go to the court and persuade Queen Isabella, whose confessor he had once been, to supply the necessary funds. True to his resolve, the prior rode off on his mule, and laid the whole subject so simply and plainly before Isabella, that she promised to give all the help needful. This answer so pleased Perez, that he wrote to Columbus, I came, I saw, God conquered, and sent him money bidding him come to court without further delay. It seemed at first as if Columbus's troubles were now over, but in spite of all Isabella's good will, some time passed by before she and King Ferdinand could hear him. Then, more delays having occurred, Columbus set out, in disgust, to try his luck elsewhere. But Isabella, fearing that the chance of great wealth and honor would escape her, sent a messenger after him, saying she would even pledge her own jewels to raise the necessary sum. Hearing this, Columbus came back, and only with great difficulty secured a royal promise that he should have the title of admiral, that he and his descendants should govern any lands he discovered for Spain, and that he and they should receive one-tenth of all the pearls, gold, and spices brought to Spain from these new countries. End of chapter 9 Recording by Nick Sandoval of Newark, Delaware.